When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Group Text. Last time I spoke to our guest today, I did it on Instagram Live. And people really enjoyed it. So we begged him to come back to do our actual podcast. Please welcome Dave Carger, host for Turner Classic Movies, and the person to go to to ask about anything, what to watch, what not to watch, in our industry, anything. So Dave, I got it's the holidays. I got a whole bunch of questions for you. Okay. So let's just start with one of the things that actually made news and a lot of people heard about outside of our little insular bubble that there has been due to the pandemic, a huge change in way we consume entertainment to the point where the movie industry last month, Warner brothers, one of the biggest studios that makes the big blockbusters announced a plan to simultaneously release all of its 2021 movie slate with HBO Max. So in yeah. real time, they're saying you never have to go to the theater again. Yeah. So they're saying, first of all, hi. And hi. You, never, hi. you never have to beg me to come on. I'm always happy to see you. And now I get to meet Sabrina, which is great. Yeah. So this, this was a kind of a surprising announcement by Warner Brothers because they weren't saying, oh, we're going to do it for this one or two movies or for a couple months. We're doing it for all of next year. Um, now, Part of me says it makes kind of it makes sense because it was either announced that they were going to do it for all of next year or announced that three months at a time. I mean, let's face facts. It's going to be a slow rollout of this vaccine. A lot of people are not going to feel comfortable going into a closed indoor movie theater surrounded by lots of other people who they don't know for a long time. So I, I I know that I don't feel comfortable, and I won't. I, I I sadly agree with you. I'm not going to want to go and sit. I agree in a closed as well. Space with a bunch of people eating and drinking and maskless. Not at all. So I think it, it felt like a dramatic announcement because they were saying it's all of next year. But I think we all know that that's kind of realistic. That most people aren't going to want to go. Some filmmakers like Christopher Nolan. Um, have come out, uh, you know, strongly against this plan and saying that it's ruining things for filmmakers. And filmmakers expect when they sign up to make their movie at Warner Brothers that they're going to get this big theatrical release. Well, they still are going to get a theatrical release, but the fact of the matter is, the vast majority of people are going to see it now on HBO Max. I, I, they're saying that it's just for next year, and then they're going to reevaluate. I really do hope that movie going as we once knew it will come back. But that's 2022, you know, down the road. It's not It's not going to come back in the big numbers next year. No. And, I, and, and I agree with you, but it, it's interesting because the first thing I thought about was, what about the filmmakers? Because a lot of these people, like a Christopher Nolan, 
work in huge scale and they do these epics and you know it's part of it is being in the theater and the huge screen and all that and I can understand why some of these filmmakers are very upset because they have to you know where in their head it runs at how big is the average movie screen bigger than a phone bigger than a phone and yet now they're having to make movies that fit in a little tiny box I know and listen as a as a movie guy kills me to see people watching movies on their phone. It kills me to see people watching movies on the back of an airplane seat because it's just too small. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people at home, you know, a huge TV is not that expensive. A lot of people have big old TVs in their house and um, you can approximate a movie going experience a little bit. You just have to turn your phone off right, and, mm-hmm. and not doom scroll while you're actually watching the movie. So that's what I always tell people. If you're going to watch these movies at home, just like put the kids to bed and turn the phone off. And, and that way it's kind of like a movie theater, except without the people in front of you blocking your view. So you have to set the atmosphere. Yes, Sabrina, you have, otherwise that's the whole point of seeing a great movie is turning the rest of your world off and letting the movie experience fully you know, immerse you and wash over you. Well, that's the perfect pivot into what we really want to talk to you about, which is we're at the holiday season. We got some free time more than we actually had a month ago, even though we're all still in lockdown. What I'm going to do it in two parts. What of the recently released movies should we be watching? Let's start there. Yeah. Well, I'll preface by saying that, at the beginning of the lockdown, uh, you remember back in March and April, all everybody was talking about was things like Ozark and Tiger King series, you know, right. streaming series. Because quite frankly, the movies that were being released on the streaming services at the time were not that exciting. Well, everybody uh, was hoping, I think, that this was going to pass and these movies could get their uh, just due going into big theaters. Right. But now because A, that's not happening and B, we're in the, you know, the, the middle of the award season, which still is happening, even though, it, you know, we're not going to any award shows or parties or anything. Except the, the Academy said they're going to still do it in person, which I'll be interested to see how they pull off. Me too. Me too. But the bottom line is that we actually have great movies that are out now that are sitting waiting for you. Um, you know, on your streaming services, on your TV. So let me start with three that have very recently been released okay. that are available. I have my pen at the ready. Okay, okay we're ready. And, uh, and the first one, everyone's going to be like, duh, we already know. And that's The Prom. And that's with Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman, James Corden and Andrew Rannells. It's the Ryan Murphy Netflix movie version of the hit Broadway show about these four narcissistic Broadway performers who, you know, go to the Midwest because they hear about this lesbian high school student who wants to take her girlfriend to the prom and instead the school cancels the prom. Um, So these four actors, they go to her town and they try to, you know, drum up publicity and try to help her. It's really fun. It's very bright and colorful. There's great music. Is it as good as the actual Broadway musical? Not quite. I loved the Broadway musical. The movie is just a shade below, but if you're looking for something that's just kind of fun and makes you feel good, and Meryl Streep is hilarious, and there's really good dance and song numbers that I think people will appreciate. Or as I like to say, it doesn't make you work that hard. It doesn't. It's, it's no. just like candy. You just enjoy. Exactly. So that's one that that just came out within the last you know week. Another one that came out 
only a week ago that a lot of people are now just beginning to hear about. I actually saw this movie over a year ago when it premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. It's my favorite movie of the year. It's on Amazon now. It's called Sound of Metal. And this is a movie about, do you guys know who Riz Ahmed is? He was in one of the Star Wars movies. He was on an HBO show called The Night Of, yep. where he was wrongly accused of murder. Anyway. The Night Of was really good. So good. He's the star of this movie, and he plays a heavy metal drummer who all of a sudden one day loses his hearing. And this catastrophic event in his life, and he's also a drug addict, so he's got these two issues that he's dealing with, and he's trying to come to terms with what this new reality is. And I won't say too much, but he goes to... Um, a rehab center for deaf people. So he's working on these two issues, um, the loss of hearing and also the drug addiction. It is such a powerful movie and the performance that he gives is is just incredible. And so this is a movie that I, that I really would encourage everyone to, to see. It's gonna open your mind. Um, and it's a moving story and a great performance. And it's what just- What do you think? Do you think it's gonna be, in a, be up there have Academy Award buzz? I hope so. I'm certainly doing my part to make sure that it gets known. Best Actor this year is actually pretty crowded, even though there haven't been that many big oscar movies. So I would say Riz Ahmed is kind of on the bubble, like number five, six, seven, as far as the if I were to rank the Best Actor contenders. I really hope that he uh, gets in there because he's tremendous in that. So that's on Amazon. And then the other one that just came out that's also uh, really interesting is on HBO Max. And it's called Let Them All Talk. And this is another Meryl Streep movie. I almost and watched that last night. You almost did? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's a. But I went to the Great British Baking Show, which is my new addiction. I love that show. I I've love that show. It's just TV ridiculous. Movie but I want to go back and watch the older ones now. Yeah. But this movie, Let Them All Talk, it's it's Meryl Streep, Candace Bergen, and Diane Wiest. And they're three uh, friends from years and years ago. And Meryl Streep's character is a very well-known novelist. And she gets asked to go on this cruise on the Queen Mary 2. And she invites her two old friends to come with her on this cruise. What's interesting is that Candace Bergen's character is upset with Meryl Streep's character because she thinks that Meryl Streep kind of mined her life for one of the characters of one of her earlier successful books and embarrassed her, Candace Bergen. So she wants to have it out. There's all this you know, baggage with the two of them and the friendship. But what's really fascinating about this movie, Let Them All Talk, is that they filmed it on the actual Queen Mary 2 uh, only in two weeks. And they filmed it during an actual cruise. So there were hundreds of people paying customers on this Queen Mary cruise from New York to England who, unbeknownst to them, although they probably figured it out, there was Meryl Streep and Candace Bergen and Diane Weiss on the cruise with them filming a movie like on the fly. Well, I, see, I, I would assume that someone probably would have noticed the whole crew. But it's a, it was a small crew. But and still, you're going to notice. I mean. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's In my not, opinion. But people just go with it now. I know. Because there's phone, camera phones out everywhere. But this is, the director on this one is Steven Soderbergh, who did Traffic and oh. Aaron Brockovich and all these great movies. So it's just a really fascinating movie. Almost feels a little experimental because they did it so quickly on the fly. But it's, it's Meryl Streep. I mean, so you, it, you well, just, I mean, look at that cast. I know. And it's the first time we're seeing... Candace Bergen again 
in a more serious role on the big screen or in a movie. I love her. And she does a really good job. Lucas Hedges is in it as well. It's just really interesting. Uh, Smaller movie, but good. And then, so those are the three that have just come out. There's one that I want to kind of make sure that people know about that actually came out this summer. But in case people didn't see it and they're looking for something now to catch up on, there's an incredible movie, one of my favorites of the year on Apple TV+. Plus. Maybe you guys have seen it. It's called On the Rocks. And it's Rashida Jones, Marlon Wayans, and Bill Murray directed and written by Sofia Coppola. So Sofia Coppola and Bill Murray did Lost in Translation together many years ago. And this is this great New York story where Rashida Jones is married to Marlon Wayans. Rashida Jones's dad is Bill Murray. Bill Murray thinks that Marlon is cheating on Rashida. So they decide to kind of stake him out and follow him around. It's so much fun. It's a great New York story. And it's New York when, you know, New York was New York and there was actually... Nightlight. Things to do. Yeah. Exactly. So that's one that uh, I just absolutely loved. And I think a lot of people have seen it, but in case you haven't, that's just. And it's, yeah, what... a, it's a comedy, like a, is it a romance comedy kind of thing? Yeah, it's this great. I mean, it really is the father daughter story is what sticks out to me. But then there's also this mystery aspect of. And what's Sophia, going on. Sophia Coppola is not like ha ha funny. It's no, more of a dark, no. yeah. funny. Exactly. You know, again, like if you liked Lost in Translation. And Lost in Translation for me is like top three movies of all time. Right. So so I was very, very excited when I heard that she and Bill Murray were reuniting and this one did not disappoint. So those what other the- must what what other must sees from the last year, let's just say, that we like I actually really enjoyed Greyhound, the Tom Hanks one. I haven't seen it. That's on Neither have I. I actually really enjoyed it. I'm not going to say it's his best movie ever, but it certainly come and I, you can see that it was made for the big screen. I was going to say, was that how did that compare for you? It, it, it obviously, I mean, you could, I could tell it was made for the big screen because of just the way it was was shot. But it's still, I mean, Tom Hanks doesn't do anything bad. It's still absolutely worth watching. I wouldn't say run, right. but if you got nothing else to watch, you will not be you will not regret watching it. He, as always, is brilliant. The whole cast is great. Elizabeth Shue is great. I mean, it's just, it's a good movie. And Tom Hanks actually has another movie coming out. I, it wasn't one of the ones I was going to tell you about just because it's not going to be streaming until the middle of January. But he has a movie called News of the World that he made with Paul Greengrass, who's the guy that d- directed Captain Phillips that Tom Hanks was also in. Remember, mm-hmm. I am the captain mm-hmm. now. And uh, so they have this new movie, a Civil War era movie coming out. It's coming out in theaters on Christmas Day, but then it'll be streaming, you know, or on demand, I should say, in the middle of January. And that's one that I would recommend to people. But now here's a question. If no theaters are open, how is it coming out Christmas Day? Well, they are open in some parts of the country. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Just not where we are. So, okay, so give me a couple more because, you know, we all have a bunch of free time on our hands, especially between... Christmas and New Year's. And sometimes we just want to shut our families out. I get it. So I have three more for you that I want to tell you about that are going to be coming out between now and Christmas. Perfect. So so the first one I'm sure you've heard about coming out on Netflix um, this week on the 18th. And it's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yes, yes, it's gotten a ton of buzz. Yes, 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 yes. And I've so, been seeing like the trailers and stuff. It and it it I mean, Chad's is so thin. So this clearly was his last movie. It was Chadwick Boseman's last movie. 
um, but he goes out on a high. Uh, so this is an August Wilson play that uh, George C. Wolfe, the fantastic theater director who did Angels in America, the original Broadway version, has adapted into a film. So Chadwick Boseman steals the show. The title character, Ma Rainey, who was a real singer, um, is played by Viola Davis in a fat suit, uh, looking- In a fat suit. Incredible, yeah. So, so it's just, it's the story of this high stakes, high pressure recording session that Ma Rainey has with her band. But then it also goes off on these tangents and you learn a lot about the different musicians in her band, particularly this upstart musician, Hotshot, played by Chadwick Boseman. And as the movie goes on, it's, it's his show. And um, it, you know, we knew what a great actor Chadwick Boseman was, you know, from 42 where he played Jackie Robinson or Get On Up where he played James Brown, even, in my opinion, even more than T'Challa. In yeah, I mean, Get On Up was... Yes, but he this, was, he was, he was James Brown. He was. was. Yes, and he is so good in this and he's got these, he's got a couple moments, these great speeches. Um, and he's, I would say he, along with Anthony Hopkins, who has a movie coming out in a couple of months called The Father, who's amazing in that. I think the best actor Oscar is between the two of them. Really? Right. Okay, so that's that's one that's coming out in the next couple weeks. In the next couple of days. Couple, yes, couple of days. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. so, so that's one. Okay, then there's two more that I want to tell you about that are coming out Christmas week. Okay. One is another Netflix movie that has been getting a lot of attention lately. It's called The Midnight Sky, and it's starring and directed by George Clooney. Ooh. And it, it's George Clooney in another space kind of movie, you know, so he's done Solaris, he's done Gravity. He seems to be attracted to these space set movies. Well, it, well he did a lot of war. You know, he's kind of worked his way through different sort of phases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Basically, he did his journalism phase. He did that. He's a scientist at this base in the Arctic. And we're in a world where the whole race has been wiped out. And there's a, a group of astronauts returning to Earth from a long mission who don't know what has happened. And George's job is to try to get in touch with these astronauts, played by Felicity Jones and David Oyelowo and Kyle Chandler, and tell them, don't come back to Earth. Earth is Gone. not what it once was. And it's just this really interesting, beautifully made um, movie, as I say, he directed it and he stars in it. He plays a 70 year old man. He's only 59 in real life. So he's got this like big old scraggly beard and he doesn't look good, but he does a great job. And his character is also ill. So he does, he's, he's kind of worse for wear, but it's a really great performance. And, and he's a, he is an extraordinary director. He is. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I really like that. And then the last one I want to tell you about that I think you guys probably have not heard of, a lot of people have not heard of this movie, but I hope that they do. It's coming out on Christmas Day on Amazon, and it's called Sylvie's Love. I've, I've heard about it. I have haven't, you, tell me everything. I've heard about it. I'm actually really excited to see it. I need a good love story. Oh, it's so beautiful. So Sylvie's Love takes place in the late 50s and early 60s. The star is Tessa Thompson. Who's so who, beautiful. Who's gorgeous. She was in 
she was in Creed. She was in the most recent Men in Black. I mean, she was in Thor. So people know who she is. And she's a great, great actress. She plays the lead character, this very intelligent woman in the late 50s who works at a record store, but she has dreams of being a television producer, which for a black woman in the late 1950s is kind of an unheard of dream, but she's determined to achieve it. And she meets this guy who's a musician and he's played by an actor I had not heard of. His name is Namdi Asamoah. And I know the name. He, he's been know? around. Okay, so he's a former NFL football player. And married to? Kerry Washington. Yes. Very And good. he had made a big, big splash on Broadway this year before wow. everything closed down or the year before okay. in an August Wilson play. And I can't remember which one. I'm going to look it up. I was so impressed. I mean, I already knew that Tessa Thompson was great. But this guy, he, for me, was the find. He's so good looking. He's so elegant. And the character is just, is so fascinating. And it, it's a real old fashioned love story. And it's not, it's not the kind of movie that you've really ever seen with two African-American characters at the center. And go ahead. with Namde, if you, re, if you go back and look a little, there's, and I can't remember, I might be, have my timing off on the play. Um, the reason I know this is, and I don't know if it was a rerun or where I found it, uh, he did a, they did a major piece on him on one of, it was either like CBS Sunday Morning or uh-huh. Real Sports with Brian Gummel, but I want to say it was like CBS Sunday Morning, one of those shows, so you can Google it. And he basically tells his story, how he got from football to acting. Mm-hmm. Really? And it's fascinating. Okay. It's, fa- it, it's worth looking up. It's like a, a long-form interview. It's really good. Oh, I'm going to find it because I, yeah. I thought he was so great. So that's coming out on Christmas Day on Amazon. And then the last thing I just want to throw in there before we talk about whatever else you want to talk about, because I do work at Turner Classic Movies. Yes, one of my favorites. We do a really cool thing in December. We show a lot of classic Christmas movies. So the week leading up to Christmas, we are showing Christmas movies like nonstop. And there's one that I'm introducing actually this Saturday at six o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Pacific. And it's The Bishop's Wife. And it's such a beautiful, great old fashioned love story. It's Loretta Young, Cary Grant. David Niven, and it was remade as The Preacher's yes. Wife. I was yeah, just going to say, it was, it was remade. It's got to be The Preacher's Wife. Preacher's Wife, yeah. With yes. Whitney and Denzel and Courtney B. Vance. Yes. So, um, maybe your audience knows The Preacher's Wife, but they should know The Bishop's Wife because it is the original version. I love Cary Grant. He's probably my favorite classic actor, so I love seeing anything that he's done. And this is like a really great – he plays an angel um, that comes to help this – uh, Episcopal priest and his wife. Anyway, it's just a really, really sweet movie. And that's showing on TCM on the 19th, this Saturday, six o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Pacific. Highly recommend. I okay, want to so- know what is your favorite classic holiday movie? Yours. Mine is a movie called The Man Who Came to Dinner, which is- Oh from- my God, one of my favorites. Do you like it? Oh, I, it's hilarious. Yeah. So for people who don't know, it's this movie that came out in 1942 and this great character actor named Monty Woolley, who's actually also in The Bishop's Wife. He plays this guy named Sheridan Whiteside, who is this total pompous, brilliant, snob. hates everybody. He's a snob. He's like a literary critic. And he, he comes to this small town in Ohio for on a lecture tour. It's the last thing he wants to do. He hates people. And this prominent family in the, in the town of Ohio wants him to come to dinner at their house. He doesn't want to do it. 
but he agrees to do it. And his secretary is with him. She's played by Betty Davis. And they're walking up the steps to this house. He slips on the snow on the front stoop. He falls. He hurts his hip. He's in a wheelchair. He can't go anywhere. So he basically takes over this family's house for like a month. And it's Christmas time. And he just makes their life a living hell. And he is so mean to everyone around him. But there's something about this guy, even though he's so mean, he makes me laugh so hard because he says everything that I could never that I would never dare to say to people, right? But I just love this character. So that and I, I'm actually showing that on TCM on Christmas Day. Yeah. It's a uh, if if you haven't seen it, it's a wonderful. Wonderful movie, and it's a family movie. I'll be sure to watch. Uh, so that was actually one of the things I was going to ask, because we were talking about this the other day. Um, what movies, when you see them, like there's certain movies, like when I see them, I automatically stop and watch them. I have like, I love re-watching everything from, like I love watching, uh, I always stop and watch The Usual Suspects. Oh. Or The Godfather. Friends of mine and I were like, Anytime you see singing in the rain, you stop, you put it on because you're it's happy. Mm-hmm. Um, like the guy Jaws. I always, you know, I live for that. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Right. What are the movies that always make you stop? What are your comfort movies? Well, the the ones that that really come to mind are the ones that I grew up watching as a child of the '80s. So like The Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink. Oh, oh my God, I forgot about all of those. Yeah. You know, all, all of those John Hughes, which, by the way, they haven't all aged great. I mean, if you really think about it. No, they really haven't. There's some, there's some sketchy stuff going on there. But um, <laughs> but Breakfast Club, I think, has aged pretty well. And, and Pretty in Pink, I think, has as well. And then, you know what came on the TV the other night? And we started watching it, even though I've seen it probably 10 times. And I was like, ooh, it's just so fun. That Thing You Do. Oh, Remember, uh, Tom, yes. Tom I covered the premiere of it yes, for you E. Did. Yes. In 1996. Yes. yes. It was a lot of fun. Oh, my so, yeah, God. Because you know, everyone has those comfort movies. Like, ever, like I know, like, I'm sure you also stop when you, you're scrolling and you see The Godfather. Right. Mm-hmm. You always stop. Because I'm always curious what, you know, so yours are mostly the 80s movies. What are the classics? If we want to introduce our kids into something, like, I raised Cooper on all the John Hughes movies. I made him watch all the John Candy movies. He still oh. loves p- planes, trains, and automobiles. What are some movies just off the top of your head? I know you weren't thinking about talking about this that we can sort of introduce our, let's say, preteens to and teens or even little kids to. Like I always say to people, if you haven't shown them the John Candy movies, mm. show your kids the John Candy movies. They're yeah, hilarious. Some, some of the movies that are kind of like cross generational, where it's not so much like, ugh, my parents are watching that where the youngins these days would love them also. Uncle Buck. I, yeah, I think, I mean, you already said it, Melissa. I think Singing in the Rain is a great one. And it, it works on so many levels because, A, there's so such great music and such great dancing, but it's also a movie about movies. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes place during, as people know, in the transition between the silent movies and the sound movies. So people who are watching it not only get a fun time with, you know, great numbers and Debbie Reynolds, who's so fantastic, but you also get this history of, you know, older movies and you get to kind of see what they were about a little bit and some of the challenges that mm-hmm. people were facing making movies back then. So that's, that's one that I would highly recommend. There's a movie that I really love that I, people always say, Oh, like what's a kind of a great introductory classic movie. And one that I always recommend to people is called Laura, which is from the 1940s. And the thing that's about it is it's a beautiful kind of murder mystery with a great looking cast and some fun characters. It's also an hour and 25 minutes long. So it's a, and it, so for people who 
aren't used to a black and white movie and are turned off by it and it doesn't they don't like the acting style you're in and you're out in, in an hour and 25 minutes and you get all the twists and turns and the glamour of an older movie without it being you know uh dr zhivago or gone with the wind at three or four hours long Wow. Wow. You know, too, I have one more recommendation. I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm circling back. But for this season, if you haven't seen Jingle Jangle with Forrest oh. Whitaker, it's on Netflix. It's really good. Is Keegan Michael Key in that? Yes. Keegan oh. is in there. I Keegan's in it's there. Funny. It's so funny. Ricky Martin is in there. Felicia Rashad. It's really cute. It really is. And if you are... You know, I'm Melissa and I have been like really theater people. So if you miss going to the theater and I know so many people had so much fun with Hamilton this year, I think that this is a fun one to watch for the family. It was for me. Okay. Oh, and you know what? Now that you just said that, here's one that I that I hadn't thought of, but I would recommend to people that's out now on Hulu is Happiest Season. Have you guys heard of this? It's like a it's a very kind of traditional family Christmas romantic comedy where like one half of the couple is introducing her family to her new person, but it's, it's a same sex couple. So the star is Kristen Stewart from. Yes. I've seen the promos. And, you know, I watched it and I have to be honest with you for the first of all, I was so interested in the fact that it was this LGBT story, but when I watched it the first five minutes, I went, Oh God, I'm not going to like this at all. And then it just got great. And you know who's in it is um, Daniel Levy from Shits. Yes. Mm-hmm. He plays the best friend. And anytime he shows up, he's hilarious. Aubrey Plaza is in it. Mm-hmm. And she's gotten huge reviews out of it, mm-hmm. Aubrey Plaza. She's gotten great reviews for that. And her other movie, which is called Black Bear, which is a crazy movie that's, I think, available on demand, um, is, is a little is. weird, but, but cool. She's doing great stuff right now. So if you want something lighter, um, mm-hmm. that could be one for, like, the teenagers. Um mm-hmm. And it's just a real kind of cool progressive uh, right. idea that it's this gay couple at the center of it. So I would recommend that. Happiest Season, that's on Hulu. Okay, and another, and another one, now that we're going back down this lane, Jamie Foxx has one coming out on Disney+. Plus. It's called Soul. I've seen oh, it. The, the, it. It's supposed to be. You saw saying, it. No, you they're saying it? it's supposed to be the, one of the best animated features in a long time. They're, they're already talking about it with like Up. In that See? kind of category, yeah. We can't, we have to inform our listeners of everything, Melissa. I try. Soul is the latest Pixar movie. So the ones that you're mentioning up and Inside Out, of course, are also Pixar. Um, for me, it was very good. I'm not going to say it's as good as like a Toy Story or an mm-hmm. Up for me, uh, but it was a really interesting kind of metaphysical story it's kind of almost too hard to explain but he's like he is his soul gets separated from his body and his soul goes to this other part of the universe and has to try to come back to earth and it's 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 a very cool movie it's beautiful he's the main voice tina fey is a voice angela bassett it's it's interesting i would give it a solid b plus it sounds like a 2020 year out of body in your body getting a (laughs) vaccine not getting one you know that kind of wishy-washy Okay, Dave, before we let you go, what do you think? And I know this is just having you read tea leaves. Give me who you think is going to, who the nominees for different categories are going to be. Because it's going to be a really weird award season and we are crashing headfirst into it. Yes. So the movies that kind of seem to be at the forefront of the race right now, it's a lot of these streaming movies and some of the ones that we've been talking about. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I think, is going to do very well. I think this movie Mank, 
which is also on Netflix with Gary Oldman playing the writer of Citizen Kane, Herman. Now, Knight. is that out yet? It's out on Netflix. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you offline about that because yeah. it's, it's again, it's, it's it's history. It's movie history, which I love of movie about movies. It's about the Mankiewicz brothers. Me, yeah, you really have to pay attention. Right. <laughs> it's the, the, it's, it's the not for the faint of heart. No, you got to like be in it. But that was good. And then there's a couple movies that because they changed the Oscar date till the end of April, they changed the eligibility period. So your movie can come out by the end of February of next year and still be eligible as opposed to it having to come out in the calendar year like a normal year. So a couple other movies that are coming out later that I've actually seen that are phenomenal. There's one called Nomadland with Frances McDormand playing this woman who's um, lost her job and she's having a lot of trouble. So she moves into her van and lives this nomadic life, looking for seasonal work, trying to find seasonal communities that she can be a part of. And it's a really timely and interesting movie that's going to get a ton of nominations. And a big, juicy role for her. Great role for her. And then another movie that I love that I mentioned real quick uh, when I was talking about Chadwick Boseman's chances for best actor, Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, who plays Queen Elizabeth on The Crown, they have a movie where they play father and daughter. It's called The Father. That's coming out in February. He plays a man... Uh, experiencing Alzheimer's and dementia. And she's his daughter, as I said. And it's a movie unlike any other. There's been movies about this before, but this movie literally takes you inside the mind of someone who is going through this and really approximates the experience for you as a film goer. And as you watch the movie, you yourself find yourself being disoriented and wondering where you are and it helps you understand what it might feel like if so if you're if someone's going through that so that's a, a movie that i would uh, say is going to get a ton of attention to and then the last one i think is going to get some nominations and i didn't mention it today because again it's not streaming till uh january is regina king's movie uh, that she directed One Night in Miami. And that's got some great buzz. Great buzz, great performances. So that's going to get some nominations too. Dave, as always, thank you for, for educating us on what to watch and where to go. And always, I always have my, my, my notepad at the ready. Joining us now is Clark Benson, who is the CEO of Ranker, for all you geeks out there like me who know that, who has a brand new app that I think is a must-have Watchworthy. I love this. Clark, explain to us what Watchworthy is. So Watchworthy is sort of your personal TV recommender, streaming TV recommender, right? So we, we have, I don't know if you know this, but there's 500 new scripted shows alone every season, new, new seasons of scripted shows, plus another 500, you know, reality documentary and all that. There's too much. There's just absolutely too much out there. But the hard part is, you know, as, as, as you've all seen, if you if you decide that, like, I want to try out a new show, you're really looking at like two to three episodes before you know if you're going to love that show or not. And we've all had this uh, you know, problem where, like, I just wasted two hours watching some new show and I decided I'm going to bail on it. Right. That is a huge problem. None of us have extra time these days. Right. So we created watchworthy. So Ranker has, uh, you know, been around for about 10 years and, and it's the place where everybody votes on everything. So we've collected over a billion votes. So we know an awful lot about fans of this show, like this show and this show and this show, and they don't like these shows with this massive data pool. So what we constructed was an app that's basically a personalized recommender. So in 30, well, 60 seconds to do it right. In 60 seconds, you, the user, you download the app and you go through like a Tinder experience of kind of shows that you 
probably already know that you've watched or liked or disliked so that we can like in 60 seconds learn your profile. Then we match that up against all the data that we have and we can give you a very personalized taste profile of here's a, a ranking of uh, or a filter if you want to just see like I just want comedies or I just want dramas or whatever. I just want HBO Max shows or, or, or whatever of the best shows for your exact tastes. And that's watchworthy. And it's available on the iOS and Android app stores for download. So it's, what have you been seeing thus far? What, what have been sort of the big winners? Yeah. So the scores that, you know, again, like watchworthy scores are personalized and that's, what's great about it. So everybody's, you know, tastes are so bifurcated these days, right? It's not like we're all watching cheers anymore or whatever it is. Right. But in our data, we can see the shows that get highest recommended to the most number of people. And as far as like current shows, shows from like the last year or two, I'll, I'll list some of them. I'm looking at a screen Please. right now. Um, Mandalorian's very high. Uh, the Witcher is very high. The Witcher. Uh, yeah, I don't even know that one. But, I don't even know that one. But but it 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 it's very 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 passionate uh, signal in our data that I'm looking at. Um, there's a, a, a show that I personally love on um, uh, Amazon Prime called The Boys. It's <gasps> one of my favorite shows of the year. I, I totally agree. And season two seems even better, right? I'm Have not, you watched I, season two? I'm not done with it yet. Yeah, so oh my God. Your head, is gonna, your head don't is going to explode. I'm nerding out on explode. that show so much that I just like ordered all the graphic novels so that I can read the comic book adaptations. Right. right. Oh, one of the best. So The Boys is high. Euphoria, which has been around for over a year, is, is still shows up really high. And The Boys is actually, I mean, and uh, Euphoria is actually on broadcast television on cable. Right. It's Well, yeah, it's, a, it's an HBO and an HBO Max show, right? But it's really right. technically an HBO show. Right, right. So and that's kind of interesting. HBO more yeah. than some of the HBO Max stuff. I think the quality will. But anyways, we won't go there. So, uh the other thing about Euphoria is they just dropped a new episode that they filmed during COVID. I don't know if you know that, uh, that, um, you know, it's like a one-off episode. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, there's a show, I don't know this show at all, called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist that ranks really high. And that's, I think, a, a very new show. Um, you know, uh, uh, Lock and Key. I don't know that I don't one know myself it. either. But, you know, the, the, what's awesome about this is you really get to see that, like, like, people's tastes aren't just what the critics love, you know, like a lot of what, you know, media people we think is like great shows. There's, there's a lot of consensus about it. Like everybody loved Watchmen and everybody loved Euphoria. Da, da. But like, you really start to see these interesting things pop out that are, are, are somewhat unexpected. And then that's, that's the power of it. Right. It's like with the, that's why Netflix has makes so many different shows because there's so many different micro audiences out there for these kind of things. Where is where are the reality shows falling? So we haven't focused as much on reality only because um, we have more data on scripted shows. So I don't have like great answers for you on like what the most popular reality shows are. Well, we know kind of we all sort of know what those are. I was just curious how I don't mean to put you on the spot, obviously, on where they fall fall where they in this mm -hmm. in this ah, ranking yeah. so, mm -hmm. so the thing about reality is this it's like um there's a few shows that that seem to sort of transcend uh genre a little bit like um bachelor and survivor come to mind mm -hmm. yeah um, that, that that tend to have like 
generally good scores across a broad swath of people. Um, but then, but a lot of other reality is very divisive, right? Like the, right. the you know, obviously the Kardashian show has been on, I believe, because it's been on, it debuted the year that I got married, which was 2007. So like, I'm still can't believe my wife is watching that freaking thing. But like, you know, Kardashians scores terribly for most of our users, right? Because, you know, but, but like, but there's a pocket of them where it's like 99 and up. And so, you know, reality is very bifurcated. And that's like our next problem to solve is like how to really do great recommendations in reality, because clearly it's, uh, it's a different ballgame. What are you seeing at the bottom of the list? Well, Kardashians is, is absolutely one. I think the average score, the median score is like 40 and out of a hundred scale. And uh, that's really bad for, for this. By the way, uh, but yet so incredibly popular, incredibly lucrative. And I have to do a shout out having worked with them for years at E people don't get it. They work really hard and they are very professional. And they have a solid fan base, you guys in the U S and abroad. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. What 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 are you saying? People saying we should not watch. I don't actually have that information like at hand, unfortunately, because the reality is, if the show is popular, there's a show for everyone. Sure, that's the thing. It's 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 less about what we what what the audience shouldn't watch, and it's more about what only they should watch. This the rest of you should ignore it. So that the best way to learn that, and and we're actually. What's funny is we're adding a hate watch feature or not. We're, I don't know if we're going to call it hate watch into Watchworthy because that's a question that keeps coming up from people is that they want to see the shows they like the least. And maybe they want to find out if we really know them or maybe they just want to sit there and, you know, hate because we all got a lot of free time this year. Too. Well, I also we want do. to know. I also want to know which ones I should avoid. Well, yeah, there's a lot of that. But again, like I don't have like a great aggregate number for that, because, Mm -hmm. again, what you what what you want to avoid is going to be is going to be personalized for the whereas what I want to avoid is very personalized to me. And so it's 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 sometimes easy to pull out the, 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 the ones that have the strongest popular signal, but negative signals a little bit harder. And I know I'm getting data geeky. I think that that's perfect because you, I mean, it's all about, it's individualized. You'll be able to go on with your profile and really kind of set it up. And so just listening to some of the shows that Melissa and I hadn't even heard about, it still makes you curious and, you know, why not try something new? So who knows? You could become a new fan of some of these shows that we haven't heard of. <laughs> What we want to do is key. like, uh-huh. if, if when you when you guys are talking about your shows, right, and you and and you know, your Melissa's like, oh, Sabrina like that one. I'm going to go check it out. We want you before you go actually spend two hours watching it. We want you to open up Watchworthy, type in that show name, and see is it worthy for you. Got it? Because that's what we do, and and. I think that's a massive need, and I'm I, we're certainly betting a lot of resources on on this. And uh, there's also we, we uh, we're also adding a watch together feature for compatibility. So you're with your spouse or whatever, you can decide like, okay, we have pretty different tastes. Where do they intersect? Right? Like, what should we choose as the shows to watch together versus watch on our own? I think that's fabulous. You I might too. you might save some relationships. Well, and I want to say, yeah, I was going to say. This is, it's, it's, it's so smart and so brilliant. And I know I'm sure just like everybody else, what's the first thing we've all been saying to each other? What have you been watching? 
Right. Literally become like the, and so, so there's no water coolers anymore, right? No. We don't have water no. coolers on Zoom, but it is the water cooler conversation of the last few years, especially now with the move towards streaming and just so many different options at your fingertips. Well, and being quarantined. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have like cut the cord, as they say, but like when you get rid of cable or direct TV or whatever, and you just go to the streaming platforms only, the other problem that you have is every one of them is a different app that you have to open up. Right. Mm -hmm. So like it's, and it's very hard to remember, Oh, that shows an HBO max show that shows a Hulu show or whatever. So you can like open up Watchworthy, go to your watch list and, and just right from there, just go, Oh great. That's a Hulu show. And, and if you watch on your phone, I don't watch on my phone. Like I like a big screen, you know, but like, Kids these days watch TV shows on their phone. You can literally yeah. click right from there and watch it without uh, even opening up a new tab. So, well, thank you for sharing that with us. I think Absolutely. it's and I've, and I've and I've written down The Witcher, which I've heard about. Lock and Lock key. And key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, written, mm-hmm. I just so I'll be checking those out. I'm going to download the app. And as always, wonderful talking to you. Thanks for having me. Happy to come back anytime. Mm-hmm. 